Wow. That was really loud. Your air horn. I mean, look, at a young age, (laughs) you're taught to project or no one can hear you or understand you. Okay. And one of us, between the two of us, (laughs) one of us is a professional broadcaster. (laughs) Yes. And the other one is Chris Brockman. And that's his voice you're hearing. (laughs) Yeah. Air quotes. Uh, That is, uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Riggles Picks. I'm Sarah Tiana. And that other insane voice that you hear is Christopher Brockman from The Rich Eisen Show and uh, my roommate. (laughs) (laughs) The show just got a lot dumber. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't know that was possible. I know. I didn't know either, but welcome aboard. Hey. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. (laughs) Not in our kitchen. Yeah, I know. Normally we have done this before when you filled in. So uh, we were... Chris is uh, filling in for Rob Riggle today, who is out gallivanting and just trolling the universe for uh, chicks, a.k.a. history. And um, he's also getting ready to do Shark Week, which premieres July 28th. Uh, So make sure you guys tune in for that, because I'm sure he will get eaten by a shark. It could be why he's not here. I'm not sure. On Discovery Channel. On the Discovery Channel. (laughs) Yes. So if you, yes, just try and discover the Discovery Channel on your own and watch Riggle and Shark After Dark, which I think he's doing. I mean, he's always doing so much stuff. His Uh, Instagram has been amazing. It has. Yeah, you know, you, you know, I'm so him? bad at looking at Instagram. So if anybody sent me a message on Instagram, just know I will see it in a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's me. No, his stories. He's been uh, around the world doing all yes. these crazy things, wearing a lot of weird hats, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's him normally. Oh. I don't know if that has anything to do with the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it looks like they're having a great time. No, yeah. Him yeah. and Chandler and PZ and Bennett were all there. But now Bennett's back because he's writing the ESPYs. Oh, right. So, which, which is Wednesday this Wednesday. week here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then last night, though, was a home run derby, which was so fun to watch. By far, you know, I was very excited to watch it because... Uh, Acuna was in it, of course, representing my Atlanta Braves, aka the most fun team to watch in the in Major League Baseball right now. I mean, not that you're biased oh, or anything. I am definitely biased, but and not that you are not biased. I don't hate the Braves. I mean, it's thank God you're not a Yankees fan because this would have never worked out. <laughs> no, and thank God you're not a Florida fan, or I'd have never talked to you. Yeah, well, it's bad enough that you're a Patriots fan. Well, hey, look, we can't all be perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or close to, or near perfect, or just like a human being. Right. I, mm-hmm. I can't hear you. i got all these rings in my ears. <laughs> yeah, but the, the Home Run Derby was pretty amazing. Uh, obviously, Pete Alonso won the Home Run Derby, but I yeah. think if you're looking large-scale, the big winner of the night was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who hit 91 home runs. So I looked this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, his 91 home runs in the Home Run Derby would put him 1,000th and first in the history of Major League Baseball for career home runs. One below Aaron Judge and Rod Carew. Really? Who have 92 career home runs. Career, yes. And he hit 91 last night in the home run derby. What's the most that's ever been hit in the home run derby? Uh, That was it, last night. We also talked about this. But what was it before that? Oh, I don't know. uh, Because those guys broke, uh, what, Josh Hamilton's, I think, record? 
which he said at Yankee Stadium in 2008. Had to have been about 70-something, right? Like, or like, it wasn't in the 80s. No, I imagine it was last year because they went to this new format. Uh, before you used You're a big fan of the new format. That's I really... I mean, uh, last Yeah, night. I really like the new format. Well, it kind of changed the event, and it, it just kind of saved it, in my opinion, because before you would get 10 outs. So anything not a home run is an out. Mm -hmm. So you either hit a home run or it was an out. And so a lot of times, look, in 2002, we were talking about this on our show today. In 2002, Jason Giambi beat Sammy Sosa in the finals of the home run derby 7-1. to one. Real? What do you mean? The finals? The finals. So they, like the, they, the old format? Yeah, so they did a bracket, but it was you got 10 outs. Got and it. So Sammy Sosa only hit one home run. <laughs> With a corked bat and everything? With a corked bat and all the, wow. ster- all the horse steroids <laughs> in the world only led to one home run. Okay? And then last night, what we saw was tremendous. Pino Alonso hit, what, 20 home runs in the final round? Uh, Vladimir Guerrero and Jock Peterson. But that was going all. Back and forth. I mean, that was for sure like he had more energy. He didn't yes. have to hit 91 home runs right. and lose. Yeah, he hit 50-something and managed to win the tournament, I which mean, is cool. Obviously, Whatever. like I'm excited for Alonzo because he was uh, he was uh, giving his money to charity, to military. So I'm all about that. But I was also super cheering for Vlad because, like you said last night, like if he wins a million dollars, that's more than his salary all year Yeah, this he year. was making $550,000 this year. He's 20. Years old. Yeah. Just think about that for a second. And his dad is a Hall of Famer, so yeah. he, he's a legacy Major League Baseball mm-hmm. player. He's got big shoes to fill, being the son of you know one of the greatest Expos players, and obviously uh, enshrining in Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. And he went and he performed. He did it. Uh, in an event that everyone's actually watching, it's one of the few things that everyone in the Major League Baseball community kind of rallies around yeah. and they enjoy. It's it's the, the marquee event. No one cares about the game. They've, no. They've made the Home Run Derby this big thing now with the new format and that's what everybody's watching. And he introduced himself to a lot of new fans who probably have never heard of him. And he was wearing batting gloves. Yeah, <laughs> because his dad is notorious for never wearing them, and like, but he swung with his whole body. Like, he must have oh been gosh. so exhausted. Yeah. Like, between him and Acuna, like when Acuna swings a bat, it never looks like a home run. Right. It never looks like a home run coming off of his bat. You're like, oh, he's just trying to bloop that over shortstop. Like, he's just trying to bloop that and get it into the outfield, and then, and it goes then maybe leg it out for yeah. two. And then it goes 450 feet to the opposite <laughs> yeah. field. You're like, how did that go so far? He was hitting them everywhere to me that was like such an incredible display of talent was just like him going oppo i was like there's nothing more acuna than being like no i'm just gonna hit a couple oppo homers tonight (laughs) in the home run derby in the home run derby derby. it was just a real cool event for major league baseball and um you know kind of building off of last year too bryce harper did it in washington yeah and and won the whole thing and uh, that was cool and last night was just a a fun night jock peterson and vladimir guerrero in the second round going head to head triple overtime you know, each hitting 39 and then being like, okay, now you get three swings. And then yep. they both 
hit one out, I think. Right. Uh, one home run in the three swing, and then they did again the three swing, and then Vlad hits two, and then Jock hits one, and then that's game over. And so it's fun. Like, I mean, Jock Peterson hit one at double zeros to send it to the extra time. It was, you know, yeah. it's like a big time event. And think about it. There's a million dollars on the line, so yeah. these guys are really trying hard, and it's a lot of young faces of Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. which the sport really needs. The sport really needs uh, young fans to, to yeah. know who these guys are, introduce themselves to these young players, show a lot of personality, and yeah. uh, that's going to help grow the game. And yeah. I mean, no, but yeah, that's the problem is like people just don't get excited about baseball anymore, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. you know, I mean, but that's just the, the state of the world that we live in with cell yeah. phones and everybody wants everything so fast and uh, yeah, when and baseball is not about that. Yeah, when I fell in love with baseball, there was three channels, and like <laughs> yeah. HBO and ESPN were just starting, and but yeah. those were on cable. And Mike Tyson was kind of doing his thing, and there were Michael Jordan was just coming up. There weren't there weren't many things to do. Like you actually went and played outside. It was yeah, uh, just like, a different time. I feel like if people like it now, if kids like it now, it's because they play. They play I think the so. sport. Yeah, I think it's so. Not there's not a lot of. Or, you know, their family's obsessed with it, you know? I don't know. No, I think that's, I think that's true. Uh, but I think the biggest problem that baseball has is that they don't have a villain. Because I think every – I mean, you have the Yankees, which is technically a villain. Sure. But the Yankees aren't the villain of old, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, they have likable players. You know, Aaron Judge is a very likable guy. extremely likable player. Yeah, he's good-looking, huge, hits a lot of home yeah. runs. Uh, they have guys that you, you, you don't hate. But you have Puig, who I think would be an, uh, the ultimate villain, but he's on the Reds and nobody cares. Right. And it's, it's like, but you know what I mean? Like in basketball, you have to have a villain. You have to have, you know, and, and basketball is super dominant because nobody wears a, ha- a helmet. Yeah, you can, you can recognize. See their fa- right. They're recognizable people. Right. You know who everyone is. Yeah. And I feel like obviously in football, you have the Patriots who are a huge villain, but right. also you just have like those nasty players that, you, that people hate. Uh, and then you're, you're cheering against them. It makes, but in baseball you just don't have that. Yeah, and, and in it, baseball too, um, it's an international sport. So there's a lot of Spanish-speaking players who don't speak English, and right. so and so that's tough because there's a you know there's that element of the language barrier. That yeah, I mean not just Spanish, but you got China, you know Japanese and Korean, right, right. yeah, yeah, all kinds of of languages, and then the French. <laughs> oh, les incompetents. <laughs> but your Braves are having a great year, and I'm super excited for you having to Thank watch you. a lot of Braves games. I've gotten to uh, <laughs> know a lot of the young players on your team, and you're super exciting. You guys are kind of a, a, a schedule, I think, when in terms of when you were supposed to kind of compete and get to this level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. Were, I remember you saying at the beginning of the year that we were a year away from being a year away, and I was like, man, that just doesn't seem right because last Last year, we weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs, and then we made the play. Like, right. we weren't supposed to do anything. And and now, with Keuchel heating up, he's finally heating up. You know, he went eight innings the other night. We almost lost it for him, but, like, luckily, we saved it in the top of the ninth with Charlie Culberson throwing from the outfield oh gosh, in the double play. It was the most amazing <laughs> double play ever uh, from Calhoun, Georgia. Uh, he's from Rome, but he went to Calhoun, so everybody calm down. You have a Nike outlet. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Braves have just been so fun, and I'm excited to see those guys uh, play in the in the uh, All Star game tonight. And Snicker is the coach, so that's kind of cool. Nice. So against have... Alex Cora, the Red Sox mm-hmm. manager. Yeah. So we have a fun a fun grouping, I think. And then I'm going to go see the Braves next week. 
You are. In Milwaukee. Oh, hey now. I'm going to go to... So this week, if you're listening to this now, uh, I'm in Appleton, Wisconsin with Dolph Ziggler. And then on Friday and Saturday, I'm in at Zany's in Chicago uh, by myself. And then I'm going to stick around in the area and then go see the Braves play in Milwaukee on Monday. So jealous you're knocking another stadium <laughs> off. I know. So ha- I'm going to have 20 on Monday. No, really? Yeah, I'm going to have 20. Is that true? Yeah. So gonna, you're. So that but you should be at 17. Oh, yeah, that puts you three. You're usually three. Yeah, you've been three behind you, me. Well. No, two behind. That'll put you three ahead of me. Yeah, I'll, I think. Put, I'll be three ahead. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> well, I have to beat you at something. I'm three ahead. I can never do ahead. it at football. Nice. Um, so we have to talk about. Uh, so we were in. So Chris and I were in Savannah all last week. Well, you were there all last week. Yeah, I was having a great time without you. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, I was having a great time with my family. So my whole family, most of my family on my mom's side, met up in Savannah to uh, just hang out and be together. And uh, it was mostly so my grandmother, who's ninety four, could meet the new baby. Uh, baby Eleanor, who was there. And then my niece Beatrice was also there. And then my cousin Joelle and her husband Lance. And then their two little girls came. And then my sister and her b- husband, obviously my mom and dad. So it was quite the grouping. And we were at this big mansion in Savannah that we rented this like Airbnb. It was called the Whitman Mansion. It was yep. pretty cool looking. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, not haunted. So I was kind of <laughs> bummed about that. Because Savannah's so haunted. I didn't see any ghosts the whole time. And I oh, kept telling so Beatrice, sad. I kept telling Beatrice, my niece, like, oh, we got to see a ghost. And we just never saw one. And she was pretty stoked because she had this um, hidden room. There was a bookcase that moved. And yeah, she could so sleep the, in that. So on the third floor, there was like a pool table. There was and, a pool table and like a projection kind of, yeah. TV and then uh, a big bar. There were like four bars in the house. <laughs> it was so insane. Well, Savannah is one of the three cities in the United States where you can walk around well, with an remember, open container. Yeah, remember a couple of years ago we were in Savannah right after the 4th of July. And uh, we had gone to Vegas before that. So Then we went and New Orleans I had taped my in special in December yeah, yeah so yeah, we were yeah, like yeah. I guess we're just going to cities where you can walk around with alcohol like <laughs> just randomly we were in those three cities right, right. it's like we really looked like alcoholics it just kind of worked out yeah but yeah the the room was super cool it's like something you'd see out of a mystery movie or yeah. like an old James Bond or something where yeah you just push the bookcase and then there's this little yeah. loft bedroom back behind there and uh, wow I mean I I can't believe she slept up there because everybody got so crazy and loud all night. Like the oh guys, gosh, anyway. So Between crazy. my dad and Tim and Lance, like screaming and yelling and well, gambling about pool. you were on the phone with me pool. one night, and they're like, they're upstairs playing pool, and I can hear them, and you're on the you know, two floors below. <laughs> yeah. And then you finally joined us, and then you started playing, got them to play poker. Yes, and I took all their money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a day and a half later, not the first night. No, not the first. Well, I, I went a little. Be bit the, honest. I went a little bit the first night. Your Tim got really lucky. He didn't really know how to play, but he was getting all of the good cards. And then the next night, we stayed up till five in the morning. Yeah. And uh, I took all of their money and then some, mm-hmm. all of the rebuys. And you guys drank two bottles of whiskey and then like. And then a, then we started a doing bunch fireball of fireball shots. Uh huh. And we were supposed to golf at eight thirty in the morning the next day. <laughs> yes. And uh, which my dad had carefully planned. Yep. One of us answered the bell. Me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I somehow got dressed at 745. 
because uh, I didn't. I slept through the alarm twice. You got me out of bed. I was like, if you don't get out of, like, turn this fucking alarm <laughs> off. I'm gonna murder you with the golf clubs that you're not using. <laughs> and then I went downstairs and I started eating uh, those little mini uh, triscuits. <laughs> Did? I, there was nothing else. I was. I couldn't even see straight. I could You're bar- still drunk. For I could sure. barely stand. I, I couldn't <laughs> see out of one eye, and I'm just slamming triscuits. I went to the bathroom, and then I come out, and your dad is just like, "You might as well go to bed. We're not going because Tim and Lance didn't get up for another three hours." Yeah, and like I was like, "Man, you guys are gonna have a rough day at 104 degrees outside on a golf course with a hangover." Oh like, my god. <laughs> I had a rough day as it is, and we just walked around town. <laughs> yes, that's true, because you didn't go golfing. You went shopping with the girls. <laughs> right. Because you are the ultimate shopper. I like to shop. You like to shop. And you wanted to buy salts and rubs. Yeah, I wanted and... to buy rubs for the ribs and, like, my briskets at home and <laughs> popcorn. I You've wanted been a some... cooking machine lately. You know, I got this grill, and I'm just, like, ready to go. I'm, <laughs> you know? And plus, I'm hosting the f- fantasy draft coming up next month for all my buddies. We're finally doing it out. I know. Here in Los Angeles, so we're having it at the house. And, uh, you know, I'm more focused on... Preparing a menu. Parker, Parker last night suggested that him and I come up with a menu that well, people can choose from. Oh, I see. And then, uh, yeah, I'm more focused on that than I am prepping for my fantasy draft. So but, did you take that brisket that you cooked over to I Artie's did, house I did, last yeah. night? We ate most of it except for, you know, maybe like an inch and a half. So they liked it? They saw, said it was great. Oh, good. Because I, I reheated it the next day. I wasn't sure how that was going to work out. But <laughs> great flavor. Three-pound brisket, smoked for about six and a half, seven hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, I cannot wait. Well, I have not – I haven't been in the mood for meat lately, but I've been really craving, like, crab legs. I think the summer I just, like, don't feel like eating meat and, like – Yeah. And I've wanted so much, like, fish and – well, I've mostly wanted crab legs. (laughs) And lobster yeah, tail. Yes. King crab legs. The two most expensive seafood <laughs> yeah. items. I know, but the I don't know. the only thing that you've been wanting. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's just what I've been craving. So. And who brought home crab legs on You Sunday? brought home crab legs. That's what you I'm stopped saying. on the way home from the That's gym and you saying. got them and then you smoked them on the grill yep. and they were amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. My whole point about bringing up Savannah <laughs> was that the day before we left, I woke you up. I think, or maybe it was the morning that we oh, left. Oh, no, it was a Saturday morning that we yeah, left. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I woke you up. I woke up like an hour before our alarm was supposed to go off because I had gone to bed very early the night before. <laughs> All I wanted to do was sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, cool. I just got traded to the Clippers. And you're like... What did you say? Get the fuck out of here. Like, no, he didn't. <laughs> he like, didn't go to the Clippers. I was like, yeah, babe, he did. And you're like, no, he's – don't joke. That's not funny. And I was like, I don't know enough about the NBA to, <laughs> to pretend that I know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, because we had gone to bed so early, he made the decision a little after 11 o'clock Pacific time, of course, 2 a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. We were long asleep. We yeah. Were, because we were just in bed reading all the earthquake tweets. <laughs> yes, we yeah. were in Georgia and missed both the earthquakes on the fourth and the fifth. Yeah, uh, watching everyone's videos of their pools in the backyard, low key, you know, pool flex by every, <laughs> yeah. by everyone. Jeez. How many people do we know have a pool now? Everyone Good now. To know. Yeah, great. Let's just write that down. But yeah, you're just like Kawhi to the Clippers. I'm like, no way. I was just fully prepared for him to go to the Lakers and create this super team. You talk about villains. They would have been the ultimate NBA yeah. villain. Oh, yeah. Which would have been awesome because 
But it was so impressive, especially crazy. with the news that we found out today about how Paul George, who Kawhi got to go to the Clippers with him, was engaged to Doc Rivers' daughter and then right. cheated on her with some girl in Miami. Yeah, stripper. And then, obviously, she broke it off, and now Paul George is coming to play for Doc Rivers. <laughs> pretty awesome. I mean... The NBA is crazy. And like, it's also weird that Doc Rivers has to start him. You know what I mean? Like He's their second best player yeah, now. So he has to play all the time. Like Doc literally has to make up plays for Paul George yeah. in crunch time. Like, okay, cool. It's, we're down two with three seconds left. Hey, Kawhi, why don't you do this dribble handoff to Paul George and he's going to win the game. Yeah, remember the time I cheated on your daughter with a stripper? Cool. Thanks, coach. God, <laughs> how awkward is that? And like, but how, oh, it's pretty big of Doc Rivers to just be like, cool with that. Between this and like, but what if your daughter got cheated on by a player and then you had to like employ or like say your daughter was cheated on by um, a guy that works on the Rich Eisen show or whatever, or like uh, a guy that works on Colin Cowherd. Okay. And then you. All of a sudden, the Rich Eisen show is no longer on the air, but now you get this huge opportunity at Colin Cowherd, and that kid is your employee. Like, that's, you have to do a podcast with him. Yeah, I'm like his boss or something. <laughs> yeah. Am I making $8 million like, <laughs> like Doc Rivers is? <laughs> yes. Oh, done. No. How hard would that be? It'd be super awkward. I, I, mean, I mean, as your girlfriend, I'd be like, yes, we need the money, but... <laughs> But us, you know, I'm just saying, like, that has to be super awkward. Yeah, it's probably pretty awkward. It's probably pretty awkward. We were talking about this on the show. Uh, during the Home Run Derby, uh, there's been a kind of a theme of, like, the fathers kind of pitching to the sons. Yeah. Who's under the, the most pressure? The father. The father or the son? The father. Because also the father is, like... By the way, the person that's been pushing you your whole life to to excel, to exceed, like making you work hard to get to the major major leagues. Now you get to the major leagues and you're so good, you get selected to go to the home run derby. And now your son is like, hey, pops, I want you to throw to me because that's the ultimate form of respect. All the kid has to do is crank them out. But the father is the one that has to pitch them in the right place. That's way more pressure. What about the son not wanting to let his dad down facing that pressure? Well, you're not going to let him down if he throws it, if he puts it in the right place. What if the father throws, you know, throws well and you're just duffing him? Well, that's different. But that was not happening. <laughs> no, that hasn't ever that. happened. You would have hit 12 home Nobody runs. Nobody struck night. out in the home run derby before. <laughs> Although Chapman's dad was trying. Well, he, he thought it was a strikeout derby. Chapman's dad throwing cutters out there. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable, this guy. I'm like, what, is he trying to get his son out? This was It was so weird. I mean, he walked him like four times. It was really weird. Yeah, it was really weird when Chapman <laughs> walked so to first bad. base. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a replacement anyway. He found out the of day course, before he was of filling course. in. I'm of, sure, you know, just happy to be there, there. There absolutely was like no pressure on him whatsoever. But I low-key like thought he might win the whole thing just right. because he wasn't supposed to be there. And that's always like a crazy story, you know, and it makes yeah, he for a good headline. He didn't have days to think about it and yeah. think about his strategy and yeah. worrying about it ruining, ruining his swing or whatever. But the pitcher is everything. The pitcher, yeah. you know, your BP pitcher is everything. So I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's way more pressure on the dad. That's what I the said. S- I was just curious what you thought. Huh. 
thanks for being curious as I, to what I thought. I care about your opinion on <laughs> very few things. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> and then uh and then we got home on Saturday and then we woke up Sunday morning because it was World Cup. Boom. Women's World Cup, the good one. Yeah, the one that matters. The one that matters, the good one. And uh, people are still trolling them, like I don't, I about don't, the celebrating. I thing. really, I really don't understand this. You know, remember a few years ago when Cam Newton was scoring all those touchdowns and kind of dancing afterward mm-hmm. and doing the dab and all that stuff. People did the same thing. And like, if you play the sport, if you're part of the community, you know, don't want me to dance, don't let me score. And, yeah. I, and I think I, I've kind of abided by that philosophy kind of my whole sports life. Like I, I just don't understand. You get to the high. this is the highest of the highest level in their profession. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is? There's only one or two goals a game in soccer anyway. Yeah, but for them to get 13, I mean, I feel like at a certain point you're like, we don't have to rip our shirts off, you know? Like we don't have to brandy chastain it. You know, yes, I, I don't think I you have to over celebrate after a certain amount. Like, of course, you know, if it's your first goal ever but in a World you, Cup, you which were a lot of the girls, right. for sure. For sure, I understand but that. But even in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, those are really tightly contested matches. And, and to get on Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino uh, for celebrating like that. Wait, like, were they just, people are still getting on to them for celebrating? I'm sure. With the non 13? Yeah, with the T and the, you know, Alex oh, Morgan get doing over the T. Yourself. And Megan Rapino kind of put her arms out wide. That's the cover of Sports Illustrated this week. Yeah. It's like, come on, get over yourself. Soccer is celebration. The yourself. men do it huge, and the men flop way bigger and harder uh, than the women do. Uh, and it's also, I mean, it's just part of the game. It's part of the game to celebrate because it's not easy to score a goal ever in oh. soccer, especially against the best goalkeeper in the World Cup final. In all of the World Cup was the, the Netherlands goalkeeper yeah, who doesn't have tremendous. a club. Yeah, they were tremendous. She was incredible. She was so good. And, and obviously she stopped a lot of goals because we had a lot of shots on goal. So... I don't know. I have no problem with them celebrating, you know, after after eight. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah, ho-hum. Maybe, yeah. maybe kick the ball around, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, Just be whatever. like, yay, give like a fist bump or whatever. But like, but you don't have to rub it in their face. But other than that, no. Go no. fuck yourself if you think people shouldn't yeah. celebrate a goal because no, a it goal, is not easy. A touchdown, a home run, anything. It's all it's all so hard to do, especially yeah. at this level. You know, you sports sure, don't don't, you know, don't celebrate. But if you get to professionals, like come on, man. This stuff is so hard. You're it's, you're you're yeah. playing against other people paid to stop you mm-hmm. and you scored. Right. Sports are supposed to be fun. I don't know why we try to make them this like this politicized, this big <laughs> yeah. deal. Like, no, you're wrong. You're right. You hate America. Whatever. Get over yourself, man. No, I don't understand it. Yeah, don't watch it then. If you don't like celebrating, don't watch it because it's not. It's not just about the competition. It's about enjoying the victory. You're not just going to sit there and stew in the defeat. You should enjoy the victory because it's not easy. It's not hard. You should celebrate when you score a touchdown. You should celebrate when you hit a home run. It's also about civic pride. You know, people in this, even this country saying, like, they didn't like Megan Rapino saying she wasn't going to go to the White House. Like, big deal. That's her right to say that. It's called the yeah. First Amendment. It's, you know, yeah. every person in the military will tell you, uh, yeah, I may not agree with it, but I respect your right to do it. That's what I fight for. Yeah. And so these people saying, oh, I was actually rooting 
waiting for England and the Netherlands to beat those disrespectful women. Like, <laughs> All right. Well, good luck to you for cheering for that. Congratulations. You're rooting for the losers because <laughs> yeah. these women don't lose at anything. No. Fourth one, the second straight, they're tremendous. They should be celebrated completely to the fullest. They're having a parade in New York City good. on Wednesday. They're going to be celebrated at the ESPYs. You're going to see them on all the talk shows this week. As they should, they're yeah. tremendous. I think I think people, it's uh, I think people look at women as like it, whenever women do something that is outside of a normal female character, it is like sometimes uh, looked on as um, <sighs> class, you know, like unclass. Like I think people look. I think that's what I've always said that about comedy. Like it's hard for people to laugh at women or think that women are funny because. As a society, we're just not naturally inclined to laugh at a woman. Like, like that's not our our natural instinct is to respect women, you know, right. and to put them on a pedestal, to look at them as held like to a higher standard. held to a higher right. standard. And I think I think that is really what the backlash is. I think it's like people look at them and they go, like, these women are classy. They're amazing. They're like they're held to a higher standard, I think, than the men are. And so when you see them just acting like they should. It, it's uh, it's off putting because you just don't. It's not normal. I'll tell you what I've really enjoyed is their Instagram videos like, <laughs> celebrating. Yeah. You, you, you'd think they just won the NBA championship and went right to Vegas and the club. Mm-hmm. Like it's been awesome, popping bottles of champagne. Like Good. the one was like, "I'm a drunk white girl on a stage." <laughs> like that's uh, it's tremendous. I'm jealous. I want to party with them. Well, I mean, imagine how much work goes into this. Only happens every four years. Right. So imagine how much training and sacrifice and work you've been doing for four years. We're not talking about one season here, like with most major league sports. Right. We're talking about four years of dedicating your life, of dieting, of running, of exercise. I mean, fucking soccer is just running. It is so much work. My favorite is when they get subbed out and they put their stats on. They include how many kilometers they ran (laughs) during the match. These girls are running 10Ks uh, while playing soccer. It's crazy. Unreal. Unreal. I can't even walk to my car. Oh, do we have to do that right now? No, there's people to do that for oh, us. Oh, thank God. Yeah. It's so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, babe, look. A Lithuanian couple won the World Wife Carrying Championship for a second time in a row. In oh, yeah. The, have you heard about this? Did you Look, can you read that? In the Finnish town of what? In the Finnish town of San Kajarvi. Oh, good job. Is that, is that right? That can't be right. I have no idea. <laughs> have you heard about this contest, though? Usually uh, yeah. you win the weight of your lady in beer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I remember we had a question about this on the um, uh, on the Nashville Squares no, show really? that I just wrote on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like one of the positions is called something or whatever. And uh, anyway. That seems hard. It's really hard. I, I did a uh, one of those tough mutters one time. Yeah. Where and one of the obstacles was the fireman the fireman carry, or, which is kind of what the wife carries, so where you, you sling them over the shoulder. What did you have to carry? Another person. Oh. So it's like it, you have to be paired up with somebody on your team, right. and if that's a man or a woman, you know, like the man carries you, but then you have to carry him back. Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. How'd that go? I did it because I'm a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're a boss somewhere. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about um, Verlander too. Justin Verlander said that he thinks the balls, the balls in Major League Baseball are uh, 
juiced or jacked. What is it called? Juiced, yeah, juiced, <laughs> juiced. Juice. It's a term. It's a term that they use just uh, to mean like the balls are wound super tight. So when you hit them, they go further. I don't know. I don't even know how you do that. Like, what does that mean? Uh, the way the balls are spun. So baseballs, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you just think it was awesome to, like, cut things open. So we used to, like, <laughs> cut up baseballs. There's a little rubber ball on the inside, mm-hmm. and then it's wound with, like, yarn or string. Mm-hmm. And then it's the leather. On goes the out- over it. Yeah, and the leather goes outside with the stitches, 108 stitches. Mm-hmm. So these balls, uh, there was something called the dead ball era way back in the day. The ball was super soft. Nobody could hit, like – People hit like eight home runs. And then Babe Ruth came around and hit 60, more than teams hit. And then. Uh, but what, what, what changed there? Did the ball change? Yeah, the ball changed. They just made it a little tighter. And okay. Then, and then guys started using like heavier bats and guys could hit it really far. Guys like started figuring, oh, dude, if we do this, mm-hmm. you know, we can get X amount. I mean, Babe Ruth was making $100,000 back then. That was mm-hmm. a lot of money in, in the 20s. Then in 1969, they lowered the mound. So the mound used to be at a certain height, mm-hmm. and pitchers were dominating, and there wasn't a lot of runs. It wasn't a lot of fun to watch. So in 1969, they lowered the mound, and there was a lot more offense. Well, now then then there were, then there were steroids, et cetera, and now they're you know people are making a big deal about the balls because look, baseball is freaking boring. Like there's so <laughs> many strikeouts, and if there's not a strikeout, it's a home run. Right. And there's not a lot of national appeal. If you like a team in a certain area, you watch them, but you don't care about. No one knows. Mike Trout could walk down the street, and nobody knows who he is, which sucks because he's the best player we've had in 50 years. And everyone should know who he is. He should be the most popular person in sports. And, mm-hmm. he's, and he's not. And it's too bad. And so Verlander is kind of having a rough year. He gave up 28 home runs last season, the whole year. Mm-hmm. He's given up 26. We're halfway through the year this Ooh, year. Oh, lordy. So he's really struggling. And, you know, Joe Schmoes are hitting 20 home runs here in the first half of the season. And people are noticing that home runs are way up. And so he's doing a lot of complaining, and he can, because he's going to be a Hall of Famer someday. So when he speaks, people are going to listen. He called it a he called it a fucking joke. He said it a couple of different times. He thinks Major League Baseball doesn't care, and they're turning the game into a, into a joke. What I thought is hilarious is that Max Scherzer, his former teammate in Detroit, said he doesn't care about the balls. It just it gives him more motivation to strike the guy out. <laughs> wow. So That's kind of low-key trolling, yeah, right? You, you think they got along when they were teammates? Probably not, right? Well, yeah, maybe, or maybe they did and like now they have beef because maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Or, or maybe they never did. Yeah, because Verlander went to the Astros Wonder World Series and kind of rejuvenated his career. But Maybe oh, Kate Upton was looking at Scherzer oh, a little bit. I know. Or maybe Verlander's just tired because doesn't he have a baby now or something? Yeah. He's got a baby. His supermodel wife is probably bugging him. There's about always something. that one year, like after guys have yeah. a baby, like they're exhausted too. Like people forget, right. you know what I mean? Like there's, like Matt Ryan happened to Matt Ryan. Yeah, probably got, gonna happen twice. He's got twins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the balls are different. They're a little tighter. Guys are noticing it. The seams are a little flatter. Mm-hmm. Rob Manford t- tried to say something about, well, the balls have less drag on them now. We well, yeah, got no shit because they're the laces are smaller. And so, so the guys can't get uh, as much break on their their breaking stuff, and and so when the you pitchers hit, can't get break on it. Yeah, the pitchers can, and when you hit the ball, the the there's not an odd drag, so the velocity they're going out of the park and they're going further. So yeah, the balls are different, and because. The owners want more home runs. Major League Baseball wants more scoring because these stupid shifts and the strikeouts are making the games boring and borderline unwatchable. Oh, yeah. You hate the shift. Hate the shift. Why do you hate the shift? Um, I hate the shift because it just doesn't look like baseball. 
It doesn't mm-hmm. look like baseball to put eight guys on one side of the field. and Everyone's like, oh, well, bunt. It's not going to change because managers these days and front offices these days have these big binders full of statistics. Mm-hmm. And if the statistics say 57, 57% of the time this guy's going to hit it to the left side of the field, then that's where they're going to line everybody up. And bunting isn't going to change that. And is that on – but isn't that also on the batter for not being able to place the ball in a different plate? And it, like, or is it just yes. that impossible? You know what yes. I mean? Like, I, no, no. It is. But I don't it, – but, I've never been able to hit a Major League Baseball, so I don't know how hard it is. But the way the game is played right now, nobody cares because no one cares about singles. If you go one for four and you strike out three times but your one hit was a three-run home run and you win three-nothing, does it matter? If you can't, I really can't care about singles. I think small ball is way more fun to watch. I mean, that's what the Braves have been doing. I mean, we've been cranking them out left and right for sure because we have Austin Riley. But like, I, I just feel like you watching, are you are the extreme minority in Major League Baseball right now, which is why Major League Baseball has a very big problem. And their biggest problem is just that people are bored with the game. Yes, which is why they've done all these stupid little things to try to speed it up and to have it not last four hours. But what do they do? They send the Red Sox and Yankees to London, and they play a seven-hour game. (laughs) So what exactly are we doing here? But they scored a ton of runs, which is what people like, right? Right, but that's not exactly what baseball is. It isn't a football game. You know, they scored 30 runs in one game. Mm -hmm. You know, there there were probably... 100 football games last year that didn't score 30 it didn't score like 30 the super points. bowl <laughs> exactly like the super bowl it was boring as shit yeah. and my team won yeah but it was it was horrible it was a horrible it was game so uh infuriating to watch but no one wants to sit through but seven also, hour games yeah baseball wants their cake and they want to eat it too and uh, they really have to choose it's really frustrating because i'm a lifelong baseball fan and i what I, do you think what would you do I, I mean, you wouldn't I, do anything. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything. I, I would change a lot. I, 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 would, I would ban the shift. Mm-hmm. I would make you have to have two guys on each side of second base. And I think that would solve a lot of would problems. Would you get rid of the DH? Because I would. No, I love the DH. Why do you love the DH? I don't why understand. Do, why do you want to see someone who can't hit, hit three times? Because a lot of times they can. I think it's really fun to see. A, and I think if you're going to pitch to a guy, you've got to be able to stand in the batter's box, too. I think if you're going to dish out medicine, you've got to be able to take I it. I totally understand that argument. But then if you're going to have guys throw at dudes, then you've just got to suspend them for 20 games. Like immediately. If you, you, you hit a guy, you're suspended. Yeah, but sometimes the ball just gets away. Uh, tough, tough break. Oh, get out of here. Tough like break. That, tough that's break. Because so ridiculous because a pitcher is under so much more constraint. A pitcher can't even put on a Band-Aid when they have a cut. A guy can get in the batter's box and have gear and protection all over then him. He, then he shouldn't be out there. The tough shit. Baseball, these pitchers are so good. They can hit a dime on the top of a paint can. And you're telling me when they hit a guy, it's, a, it's a, an accident? No, I don't buy that. I, I, I think I pitch for a I long think time. After eighty-seven times, it's yeah, an, sure, one can get away. It's an accident. You can't throw eighty-seven times and expect them all to go at the at the dime on the paint can. That's the way it goes. Some guys go the whole. It's not the way. It goes. Yes, it is. Some no, guys. Some guys go the whole year and don't hit a guy. But you don't want this bullshit of like. You don't think guys, people crowd the plate? You don't think you don't think guys like try to get hit? Not anymore. Not anymore, because there's no there's no money in that. There's no benefit to getting hit or hitting a guy. You know what I mean? But I, but I think a pitcher hitting, I don't know. I think it should. I just think it should be one way or the other. The thing is, if whether you, it's a pitch like a DH or not. If I Major don't League, think, if Major League Baseball says they care about offense, why is the pitcher hitting? Right. 
Just like the NFL saying, we care about player safety, but we want 18 games. <laughs> yeah. Then you don't care about player safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I just think it should be universal. I don't think each league should be different. I hate interleague play. That, that annoys me the most, but I'm sure we've bored everyone enough with our baseball talk. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are just huge baseball fans. And, yeah, and, you know, luckily. And we're a dying breed, unfortunately. Yeah, we're going to die together and alone. <laughs> yes. I get the dog. <laughs> oh, really? Wow, you were not a dog person until like a year ago. That is that is such a false narrative about me. We had, we had a family dog for 10 years. When you met Maverick, you were like, I'm not, you told me that ha- me having a dog was a deal breaker. Yeah, because single girls with dogs I have a major issue with. What's your issue? This is for another time. <laughs> no, it's not. This is the perfect time. Single girls with dogs <laughs> often have a dog because they're lonely. Uh-huh. And that's unfair to the animal. <laughs> what are you that, that, if anything, that is like not unfair. By the way, Gary, you know that I'm right. <laughs> they keep a dog in this little tiny ass apartment. They never take it for walks because they're alone and can't find a boyfriend. It's not the dog's fault, you're a fucking loser. That is not first of all. Are you are you saying that's what I am? No, you're you're just. A, <laughs> that is he's like, laughing because he knows it's true. No, it's it's just the most ridiculous take. It is, that's it why is, he's it laughing. Is not. It, it is, is totally it. not. Everyone out there is agreeing with me. No, they're By not. Way, tweet me at Chris Brockman and tell me you agree with me on this. First of all. Everybody walks their dog, and also walking your dog is a great place to meet dudes. And also, a lot of dudes have dogs because it, they can meet chicks that way. Dudes aren't lonely and hate their uh, lives yes, like girls they do. Are. Oh my god, dudes are lonely all the time. Oh you gosh. are so out of your mind. You were so lonely when I met you. <laughs> I like that you think you saved my life. No, I don't think I saved your life. I think I added to it. I think you added to mine. But you, I definitely had a dog. Yeah, because I wanted company. And it was really difficult because I knew I was going to be on the road. But I had wanted a dog for a really long time. And I had a cat. So I was like, oh, perfect. They can play together. And they did until my cat died. And my dog and I had a great time. And I had a house sitter that would stay at my house. I so understand. That- you are an exception. Most people get animals <sighs> for selfish reasons. I'm not an exception, though. I'm just an average, normal person. Definitely. Like, I'm not an exception. Definitely not. Oh, my gosh. I'm talking you up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking other women down, and I totally disagree with that. I'm not talking them down. I'm telling the truth. No, I don't think to just like. First of all, you do get a dog because you want company. That's the only. That's why people like. Why everybody gets dogs. That's it's yes, kind of a. Yes, but then you don't leave them at your house all day while you go and do your stupid job, and then come home, and then you don't take them for a walk. First of all, most people take their dogs for walks before and after work. That's part of having a dog. Maybe some people don't, but anybody who has a dog has a dog because they enjoy the company. And the dog enjoys your company whether you take it for a walk or not. Right? How often do we forget? We're like, we can't take you for a walk, Maverick. Does he hate us? No. He just goes right back to his bed and falls asleep. <laughs> he's got the best life ever. Yeah, because he's just like fine with the company too. Like dogs just want company. <laughs> because Say it out loud. Say what you're because feeling. Because there's two of us. Yes. 
But when there was just one of us, which there was for many years of his life. Bored out of his mind. Oh, get over yourself. I I love that you think that you just add so much. I like that you just can never admit that I'm right. Because that's not right. There's parts of it that are true. It's not right because you're the one that owned the dog. So you don't want to see the other side. No, I said you don't want to see what I, I've seen. I definitely for, got a dog because years. I wanted the company. I don't know if it's because I was lonely. I never really felt lonely. Okay, like I said, exception. Oh God! Please tweet at Chris Brockman. B R O C K D O U C H E. Wow, that's that's uncalled for. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> I'm just gonna do one little awkward. Weird story, and then uh, and then we'll wrap it up, okay, everybody? So, let's see which one I should do. <clears throat> hmm. Oh. I'm not sure things could be getting any worse for the New York Mets right now. Saturday's loss to Atlanta <laughs> was their seventh straight. Yet again, the bullpen blew a late lead. Manager Mickey Calloway is woefully in over his head, and lefty Jason Vargas physically threatened a reporter in the clubhouse after. The Mets season has gone from bad to embarrassing. On Saturday, things got even worse. During an otherwise classy and beautiful ceremony to honor the 1969 Miracle Mets World Series championship team at City Field, the club incorrectly included two former players, outfielder, Jim Gosker and lefty Jesse Hudson in the memorial montage. Gosker and Hudson are both still alive. <laughs> did, you know, I mean, did you know that happened? I, I heard that, yeah. That's your 2019 Mets season in a nutshell. I mean, you put people in the memoriam who are totally alive still and fine. Alive, still alive. How do you screw that up? Ugh. That is a easy google search on baseball <laughs> reference very very simple i mean obviously we know if we know anything about the mets is that they don't do their research <laughs> you know yes. Yes. like clearly when it comes to scouting <laughs> or statistics or you know the the age and uh breathing ability of former <laughs> players that is so insane they were honoring the miracle mets and then they put two guys. Jim, is that was I saying that right? Jim Gosker and Jesse Hudson. Yeah, yeah, they're super. Yeah, they're old players. I mean, look, that was the the fiftieth anniversary of their first World Series, and <laughs> they're honoring the team. They've been doing it all season, having all these moments, and they they, they say they're dead. <laughs> Could you imagine that happening at the Oscars? They're like in memoriam, and they flash Morgan Freeman. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Yeah, they'd be like, Morgan Freeman was like, what the hell? <laughs> that would be, yeah. I'm still alive. Uh, I'll just say that. Let's just see if there's one about Walmart. Oh, there is. Oh, yeah. One Walmart is taking extra precautions to keep your ice cream safe from liquors because a viral video showing a woman grabbing a tub of bluebell ice cream, licking it, and placing it back on the shelf has sparked outrage across what? the country. Oh, I saw this. You didn't see this video? No. Like, she just, like, rolls up into the frozen food section, pulls out some bluebell, takes off the lid, licks all around the top, puts the lid back on, and then puts it back. And then everyone's like, uh, I ain't shopping there. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't. Now I'm scared to buy ice cream like that. I have a very important question. What? What flavor? Oh. I don't know what kind it was. Maybe I bet Gary knows. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I did see. Wait, Gary's going to tell us. Oh, nice. I did. S- 
Oh, man. Strawberry. <laughs> Gary said he thinks it's strawberry. That could have been her name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did see I did see uh, something on uh, the Twitter moments about this that that she might get twenty years in jail for this. No, twenty yeah. years. Yeah, really. Yeah. What What's the? I mean, obviously she's breaking the law, but she's like trying to infect. I think you're putting other people at risk. Yeah, it's like uh, like when someone with AIDS has sex with someone and doesn't tell them that they have AIDS. Oh, okay. So that's like like j- j- endangerment or something. Oh yeah, attempted murder. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She just murdered. She murdering that strawberry yeah. ice cream. That's usually me murdering a tub of ice cream. Gosh, ice cream that, is so good. Have you ever done that? Have you ever like put something in something at work or like uh, when like, you worked at Target? Did you ever like? Oh, no. I don't know. Crush all the chips and then put them back on the <laughs> shelf. No, I worked in uh, the the pets department, so I was pretty much just like stocking all the pet food and all that crap. <laughs> oh I, yeah. I really hated my life back in, <laughs> in two thousand three. Oh, just back then, not not anytime recently. Two thousand three. Oh god. Two thousand three and early two thousand four was a real dark period. Oh, that was the only dark period of your life. No, no, no. But that was the darkest. <laughs> oh god. All right. On that note, we should get out of here. We gotta go lighten you up a little bit. I'm gonna go get you some bluebell ice cream. Can you give me some ice cream? <laughs> Wow. Uh, Chris Brockman, thank you very much. Hey, no problem, Sarah Tiana. doing this show. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> fear, fear, fear. Fear, 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 fear.